Good morning, all. Now that Amanda is spearheading things and Matthew Hoskinson is preaching all the time, and it, it is uh, it's a it's it's a joy to be able to hang here with you. I don't get to do it as much these days. Um, but let me pray, and then I will read for us from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, so, Lord, thank you. <clears throat> you make a promise to your people that where two or more of them gather in your name, you're present. And I know sometimes it is very possible to not be present to your presence, and so we ask that you would wake us up to it. We expect much more than religious information this morning. We want a tangible experience of your grace and your goodness. So we ask that. You say we can come to you as kids of a king with confidence and ask these things in your name. And so we do. So we love you. We are grateful for you. It is in your precious name we pray these things and all his people said. <clears throat> Amen. This is from the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 13, verse 44. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. Bought the field. Went all in. If there is any city that is well acquainted with the idiom, I'm going to bet the farm. It is the city of New York. People that started this city and have created it throughout the years, who have been people who have risked everything, innovators, entrepreneurs, risked it all, bet the farm to see their vision come to fruition. People from different countries risking it all to come here and give their families a new way of life. New York are, are all-in type of people. Generally speaking, New Yorkers are all-in type of folks, right? You're all-in. When it comes to your, your work, you are all-in. Generally speaking, New Yorkers live, breathe, sleep, eat, work so that you can succeed in your vocational domain. We're, we're all-in people when it comes to vacations. I don't know any city that knows how to vacate itself so quickly like the city of New York. We know how to vacation well. It was a miracle that there was anybody in this service last week. It was like, I am legend around this city. We're all in with vacation. We're all in with our sports teams. It doesn't matter how bad the New York Knicks are. It doesn't matter how bad the New York Mets are. We are in it to win it. And we will, we will proclaim to the television, I'm done with you. And the following day, we are still hardcore fans. Because we're all in people, right? Glorious, like, that's right. Let's go Mets. We're all or nothing people, which means that this parable should be somewhat easy for us to understand and empathize with, because this is an all-in type of parable that Jesus is telling us. This is a clear and concise principle that Jesus is attempting to communicate. This is an all or nothing thing. Will you buy the field? Will you go all in with the kingdom of God? There is no partial purchase of the kingdom of God. There is no, I'm going to halfway bend the knee to the king of kings. This is an all or nothing thing. To give you a little cultural context here, 
At this point in time, when Jesus is speaking, money was a medium of exchange. It wasn't a commodity. You didn't have banks as part of the economic system, which means that if you had an amount of capital, you didn't invest it. What did you do with it? You hid it. You buried it. And then because of upheaval and because of wars and because of land falling into different families' hands, it wasn't odd that you would actually have somebody bury some treasure and never be able to come back to it. Which meant that it was all possible to walk by unearthed hidden treasures, to come upon a piece of land and accident, accidentally unearth one. And what that meant was that there was probably more around so if you had any wisdom, you were going all in. You were going to buy that field. There's no middle ground. If you actually taste the treasure, you're all in. Pearls. Again, not something normal in this cultural moment, but there's actually one piece of history that says Cleopatra had a pearl worth 25 million denarii. One denarii was a day's wages. That means that this pearl was recorded at $4 billion. Four billion. Jesus says, if you are a merchant, a pearl merchant that knows your pearls and you come across one that is better than any other, you're all in. You are going to sell whatever you have to sell. You are going to get rid of whatever you have to get rid of so that you can purchase that pearl. There's no middle ground. You're going to bet the farm. Now, why would Jesus need to communicate an all in principle? That's one of the questions you have to ask as you're reading the scripture. What, what are the questions that these parables are actually asking the soul? And here's why. Because around Jesus was a bunch of religious leaders who talked a really good game. They had a lot of the right words. They even did a lot of the right things. They had the right works, but often it wasn't done in the right way. You can have the works and words of God and miss the way of God completely. And so, he looks at a disintegrated people. People that weren't whole and integrated. He says, I'm not sure you actually know the kingdom of God. I'm not actually sure you know the king, because if you did, you'd be all in. You wouldn't piece apart your life the way that you do. You'd buy the field. See, the question that this parable proposes to us as a people is, how do you actually know if you're all in? Right? Because you can come to church and so not be all in. You can give financially, you can pray the right prayers in public and so not be in. So how do you know? The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. When he found it. When does he decide to buy the field? Before or after he finds it? After. After. Did he find all of it? Probably not. That's why you buy the field. That's why you don't just take a simple container of coins because you're hoping that there's more and you're hoping that there's more because you've tasted some of that goodness already. You've tasted some of it. You've tasted something that can alter your life You've tasted something that can surprise you and has woken you up to a whole new reality. See, this passage isn't about a new religious worldview. This passage isn't about a, a new moral code to adhere to or some doctrinal statement. This is about a new dimension. This is about the kingdom of God. 
And many of you in this room, you know it, when you shift from the kingdom of self, where you're making your own decisions the way that you want to make them, into the kingdom of God, and you actually bow the knee fully and go, whatever you want. You get that taste. You want more. But you want more because you've gotten a taste. You've had an experience. See, one of the ways that you know you're all in and you've experienced and are part of the kingdom of God is you've actually had an emotional moving experience. Now, you know, if you've been here for a while, I, I like theology. Right? I, I, I like to speak a little bit more on the intellectual side of things. But what I'm saying today is if you haven't had a, a moving experience with God, you may not be all in. I remember I was dating a woman for two years. This was a long time ago prior to following Jesus. And after two years of this relationship, she looked at me one day and she said, Hey, I just want you to know that, that my religion is very important to me. I'm like, two years? You haven't said a word about it. But it became important to me because I'm like, it's important to you. Let's, let's go. It's like how 60% of men actually come to faith is through some woman. So I ended up at church the next weekend. First time I've been at a church service that was not a Catholic mass. So I'm used to I'm used to confession, which was a little weird because the priest was my uncle, and so confessing he knew my voice the entire time. It was strange. But but I was used to mass, we you know singing I raise you up on eagles' wings, like all that the, the good Catholic stuff. I'd never experienced this before. I walk into the service and I I sit down hungover. I remember I'm in the fourth row, hungover with this with this girl next to me. And for the first time, a guy gets up on stage and begins to talk about the love of God in a way that wrecked me. I still didn't know if it was true, but I was like, if this is true, this changes everything. If God is good, if he is for me, if he pursues me even to the extent of his death, going, this isn't going to keep me away from you, and still comes after me, I want to know about this God. I remember looking at people around me, the good religious people that were just there to check off the box and say, I've gone to church. And I'm looking at their faces going, wait a minute, do you not get what this guy's talking about? Because if you get what this guy's talking about, it should change everything. If God's coming to the world in flesh to show you the extent of his love, it should change everything. And I sat there and I listened to the last song and I'm just crying. And the girl that I'm dating looks over at me. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing. I'm not crying. You're crying. But it moved me. Now, is it important to have a good, robust theology? Absolutely. Is it important to ask all the tough questions and be honest about your doubts? Absolutely. But it is very easy to intellectually adhere to a set of doctrine and say, I believe this and still miss the kingdom fully because you now have faith in your faith instead of the person of Jesus who is alive and on the move. You're all in when you've had an experience that moves you. And so if you're somebody in here that's listening today going, I've not had that experience. Here's what I want you to do today. And this is tough. So tough. You need to be a theologian and have three degrees and really tough. You ready? Tell them you haven't had an experience with them and you want one. Or be really honest and go, God, I haven't had an experience with you. I'm not sure I want one, but I'm open. Just be honest. Why? Because the kingdom of God is a fully integrated thing. 
It's not a Sunday thing. It's not a church thing. It's an all or nothing thing. And I want you to experience all of it. I want you to experience the King. You're all in when you've had an experience, but you also know you're all in when you care less about what others think and more about what you may find. One of the things that's interesting about both of these parables is that Jesus is clear that the buyer knows something that other people may not. The one who came across the treasure puts it back. They know it's there, but we're not sure that anybody else, including the neighbors of that land that has now just been purchased, we're not sure that they know. Can you imagine some of the neighbors? Just going, what is this guy doing? That land isn't worth that. He's selling all of his possessions. I drive, that well has been dry for the last two decades. What's he, what are you doing? Nobody else knows what's going on here. And so his decision making processes look a little funky. They look a little carried away. They look a little counterintuitive. Jesus is going, you see, what I found is so precious and so life-altering that I'm going to look a little foolish because I know something that others may not. And that something's driving me to to, to look a little bit different in my decision-making processes, a bit countercultural, a bit extravagant and overboard with the way that I open up my home to people. People will clearly be confused by how you conduct yourself in your way if you are all in. I remember when we started this church five years ago, we had multiple leaders known very well in this city go, do not do this on Roosevelt Island, please. It will not last. It is not sustainable. The geographical footprint is way too small. Don't do this. But a man and I just we lived in this neighborhood going, no, this is our neighborhood. We love these people, and we sense that God wants us to do this. And so we're betting the farm, y'all. We're all in with all of you crazies. We're in. I remember when we started having people moving from neighborhoods in Brooklyn and Woodside and neighborhoods in Queens to come and live on the island so that they could be in close proximity to, to, to us and what we were doing here. You don't do that. You're supposed to move away from where rent is rising to cheaper places, not go into places where the rent is more. It doesn't make sense to the neighbors who haven't experienced what you've experienced. But that's what it means to buy the field. That's what it means to be all in. Some of you got the program when you came in. I don't know if you see those finances. This is one of the first times we're actually functioning at a financially sustainable place, people. Most churches in New York don't do that until about seven years in. That's a big deal, and it's a big deal because it means there are a few handfuls of people now that are giving 10%, I know this is crazy, 10% of their income that they're bringing in. Why do you do that? Why would you do that? We live in New York City. You could use that 10%. I know it. But you've bought the field. You have sensed the presence of God in your life. You have woken up to what he is doing in this neighborhood. Kevin Douglas right now, our kids director, is in Michigan raising funds for himself, his salary. Some of you might not know that we do this, but our staff all raises funds for our salary. Kevin could make twice as much doing something in the Midwest, even pastoring a larger church in the Midwest. He's not. He's hanging out with a bunch of our punk kids week in and week out. Why? Because he's bought the field. 
is all in. We have a group of people right now in West Queens who are leading with the fact that they are recovering alcoholics and wanting to open up the, the center we have over there to AA meetings. You know what you usually don't do in New York? You, you don't lead on your resume with the fact that you're a recovering alcoholic. But these people do. Because they know that God's power is made perfect in their weakness. They know that the gospel reached them on the way to somebody else. You know why they do that? Because they're all in. They bought the field. Are people a little confused with the way that you use your stuff? Are they a little confused with how you open up your home and who you open up your home to, how you use your finances, how you use your time, your energy? Because one of the signs that you're all in is that you care less about what others think and more about what you may find. Thirdly and last, you sacrifice out of joy and not for it. When a man found it, Jesus said, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all that he had. In his joy. He didn't sell all he had to try and find joy. In his joy, he then went and sold it all to buy that field. This is a big deal. Because again, you have to remember who Jesus is speaking to. Jesus is continuing to talk around and about disintegrated religious leaders who had the words of God right. They would say their prayers out in the public. They would say all the right things. They had some of the works of God right. They would practice the Sabbath. They would go to synagogue. They would pay their tithes and make their sacrifices. But they always got the way of God wrong. The posture was off. The motivation behind what they did and what they said was always off. You can have the words of Jesus. You can have the works of Jesus and miss the way of Jesus completely. I'm trying to secure God's favor by what they could do. But this isn't the kingdom of Jesus. And this is why the writer of Hebrews would say later on in the 12th chapter, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him he would endure the cross because the joy set before him, he scorned shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, religion still today is if you do all these things right, you might find God. He may come down from somewhere, I don't know where, somewhere up there and intercede on your behalf. If you do the right things, you might get the peace of God. You might get the, the compassion of God. You might get the protection of God. You might get God's stuff. That's what religion says. But what we find is that the gospel is completely different. God goes, I'm done with people guessing what I'm like. I'm coming to show you. I'm putting on skin. I'm moving into the neighborhood so that you have the exact representation of who I am and how I function. That is Jesus. Jesus is God in flesh to show you the immeasurable amount of love he has for you. He will not wait for you to clean up. He comes to you. And he shows you how to be fully human. And he allows humanity to do its worst to him. And then while hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive him. And he defeats death. And then he ascends to heaven. And then he deposits his spirit, his living spirit. Are, am I sounding crazy yet? 
This should sound crazy to you. This, this changes everything if it's real. But, but this is the difference between religion and the gospel. The kingdom of conditionality and religion says, I obey, therefore I'm accepted. The gospel of Jesus says, you're accepted because of what he's done. Now go out and obey and joy. In the kingdom of conditionality, motivation is based on fear and insecurity. i got to do these things or God might get me. In the gospel of Jesus, motivation is based on a grateful joy. It's an, it's an overflow of what God has already done on your behalf. Religion says, I obey God in order to get things from God. The gospel says, I obey God to get God. I want God. If God looks like Jesus, I want God. And so we, we give out of joy, not to find joy. We do out of joy, not to secure joy. We risk it all, not because we have to. We risk it all because we get to. We risk it all because we were the joy set before Jesus when he went, just take me. I'll still come after you. Which is why you have people like Oscar and Carolina who are freshly moved from Colombia going, I, I, I think the Lord is asking us to do ministry in New York. Let's go. Do we know exactly how we're going to get paid? No. But we're buying the field. And that's how you get people like Simone and Ruth who come from Venezuela to L.A. and now to New York to start new churches because they know it's good financially? No. just want to clarify that. Because they bought the field. There is no partial way to experience the kingdom. I don't know how to say it any different. And so it takes you and it takes me to go, God, we want you more than anything else. And we are willing to risk it all to experience your love and grace. Because we've experienced your love and grace. And so we get to celebrate by receiving communion. There were so many days where I grew up in Mass, and I just didn't, I, honestly, I, it was my stubborn heart. I didn't know what I was doing when I was young and taking communion on a regular basis. But can I just redefine for us why we do this? Jesus, the night before he died, he got together with his friends and he said, listen, here's how this is going to go down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my body. It's going to be broken so that you might be made whole. My blood is going to be poured out, and it's going to be poured out for the forgiveness of sins. So when you get together, I want you to do this in memory of me. I want you to remember me when you do this. So as we gather and we take this bread and we dip it into this juice, we do it remembering Jesus, but we're also doing it as an act of faith. When we take communion, we are saying, I believe this. I'm surrendering to this. I'm all in. Communion is another way of going, I, I am all in. And so for full integrity today, if you're not all in, if you don't want to be all in, just 
We always say this at home. Jesus loves you so much that he will only meet you where you really are. So be where you really are and just sit and watch everything happen. But if you want a kingdom, and you come up and take this, just in your heart and your mind say, yes, I'm all in. Jesus, thank you, yes. Your body has been broken, your blood has been poured out. And I'm surrendering to that story and your leadership in my life. Amen? So you may